Good morning. I'm Adrienne Summerlot, your children's ministry coordinator. And today I have these words by Mary Wellemeyer to share with you. Food for the spirit. In one church, it was meals prepared and frozen to be shared with those in need. Food was handed out at the door or taken to where it was needed. In another church, it was casseroles brought to families whose strength was consumed by illness or disaster. Small gestures, these little hairs on the roots of community, reaching into the soil, drawing the nutrients of the earth. When we sing together, share a meal together, make soup together, the hair on the roots reach out then too nourishing us in ways beyond the ways we may think we know. The dark soil is full of nutrients. We feed without knowing. It's so lovely to see you all today. I wonder if someone might want to open our wonder box. Come on up, Darian. Be careful not to, can you step over it? I made an obstacle course this morning. What's inside? Greek, what is it? A basket, what do we use a basket for? To carry things, to gather things. I think that might be in our story today. Thank you, you wanna go have a seat? So our story today is a new one. It just came out this year, and I have Lynn and Nora to help me today with our story. And so I encourage you to sit back and enjoy, and if you didn't get an activity packet, there might be some extras out there, and they're not limited to children. So come on up, Lynn and Nora. And I'm going to put the microphone here for when you need it. Just a second to get stage ready. All right. I wonder what this sounds like. On an island at the edge of a wild, wild sea, grandma shows me how to live on the land. Together we pull hemlock branches from the salty ocean, heavy with herring eggs like tiny stars. On the beach, we gather ribbons of slippery seaweed dancing in the tide. By the tumbling icy falls, we dip our nets for silver, silvery salmon hidden beneath the current. And in the forest, we pick berries. Salmonberry, cloudberry, blueberry, nagoonberry, 
Huckleberry. Soapberry. Strawberry. Crowberry. The berries sing to us, glowing like jewels. We sing too, so berry and bear know we are here. We speak to the land. As the land speaks to us. Oh, you need to Huckleberry. Go ahead. <laughs> Huckleberry. Soapberry. Strawberry. Crowberry. Thimbleberry. Swampberry. Fogberry. Chalkberry. <laughs> the forest sings to us through misting rain and whoosh of wing. The smell of cedar and the tickle of moss. We sing too, so the land knows we are grateful. We take care of the land. As the land takes care of us, uh, do not <laughs> Thimbleberry. Bogberry, Ligonberry, Bunch of Berry, Our ancestors sing to us, their voices dancing on wind and water. We sing too, so they know that we'll always remember. We are part of the as the land is part of us. As we sing for the future so that all will hear and all will know this beautiful berry song. The ocean sings to us, rolling ashore like a beating drum. We sing too, so the tides know we are home. Together, we make salmonberry syrup and cranberry marmalade until the kitchen glows like a summery sky. We feast on huckleberry pie and strawberry crisp, raspberry scones and freshly whipped soap berries. We share gifts of blueberry jelly and nagoonberry jam. Gunashish, we say, giving thanks. The nights grow long edged in frost as sea fades gently into sky the forest is resting the forest is dreaming waiting for a berry song 
And so the seasons change. Can you guys help me do a big whoosh for the seasons to change? On an island at the edge of a wide, wild sea, I take my little sister's hand. Ligonberry, raspberry, bunchberry, cranberry, salmonberry, cloudberry, blueberry, nagoonberry. I have so much to show you. Thank you. Gunal Shish is a way to express gratitude in the Clinket language, which are peoples of the Pacific Northwest from which this story is shared. Gratitude to Gary and Louise and music in general for helping us through these days. So as we were hearing in our readings and in our stories so far, we speak to the land and the land speaks to us. And right now that season of growing is ending. The harvest is happening and almost complete. And the land is reminding us it's a time to turn inward to rest, to find comfort in one another. The land is alive. Everything has spirit. Talk to the berries. Learn their indigenous names. Ask them for permission to be harvested. When you speak to the land and listen in return, you'll be amazed at what you learn. We have a nice visual meditation for you to think about how those life cycles happen and to really see it all at once and just take it in. And you might think about some of your favorite foods to harvest as well. I invite you into a visual meditation.
are six weeks in the back of the order of service. You made it. Our Life Roots Sermon Series coming to a close. Better not mess up now. We'll see. We've had a beautiful time for all ages. We've had some wonderful singing and music. Thank you. And we're here together for our Generosity Celebration Sunday. For those who maybe haven't seen it all in the last, the six parts of the sermon series, we've been developing a sort of worldview of how change happens and how we're connected to our roots, to our roots of family, our biological roots, but that's not the only roots we have, of course. We're connected also to spiritual roots or ethical roots or political movement roots or the roots of jazz or the roots of music or the roots of storytelling, as we heard today. We are rooted not just to our family of origin, but to all family, all peoples, cultures, time, and place. And that's not it either. We're also connected to the roots of place, of local place, and all the places that you've lived or, can, or live now. Those local roots and the roots of this congregation also shape who you are. It's not just our biology or our genealogy. It's not just our, the influences of culture or, sp or spirituality or different traditions. It's also where you've been and where and how you viewed the world from where you've been. And then we talked about change that comes from loss, from death, or from some sort of shift that happens in our lives. And we recognize that through those shifts, something new is possible, that something must change for something new to emerge. And so despite the grief that comes with change, the hope and the courage to face that change is something we cultivate here. And then what? Well, now we lay down a new garden, a new series of values, a new opportunity to live on this earth with integrity, connected with our values, resisting a countercultural desire for consumption and um, dominion, domination. We instead say, how do we live in harmony, applying our values of love and justice and equity to all our human and non-human relations? And now we're here, six weeks later, thinking about the cold and this snow that came in. We are nearing the end of the harvest season. But in some ways, that is when the nourishment begins. As cold and barren as the ground might feel this morning, it is all that harvest that we've been doing this fall, preparing for the harvest, that ensures the long winter is filled with nourishment and connection and renewal. The harvest is the inevitable outcome of our hard work as a congregation of loving one another enough to support and encourage each other to the best of ourselves, to our better selves, to expect better of one another and of the world, of our political leaders, of our local leaders, of your minister, to expect more, to expect better. 
the harvest that we experience today, most explicitly through a pledge drive, but more intimately through a Sunday service, is one that we all create together. Whether you're the minister, or you're on staff, or you're an active leader in the congregation, or you're just here for the first time, all of us make the harvest possible. And so there's this image of um, asparagus that came to me a while back because when I when I moved into my house a few years ago downtown, they had this beautiful um, garden beds that um, now don't look so hot. Um, but one thing I noticed that first uh, summer was this sort of like um, kind of springy kind of like leafy thing and not really leaves it's just a little like almost like um shoots yeah or something it's like what is that I had one of my you know more gardening efficient uh, uh proficient people come over and they told me it was asparagus I said yes I grew that they knew I had just moved in and they knew that that wasn't the case and so being called out, I, I felt bad, but they did tell me a little more about asparagus, which, you know, I, I have a family of horticultures and German farmers, and I'm a little slow to the game. But did you know, of course, you all, most of you will be like, yeah, Nick, that asparagus takes multiple years to mature to when you can actually like eat it. People don't even like asparagus. And now you got to wait three years to actually eat it. That's kind of a no, some people love asparagus, but it had me thinking about just all the work that we do and just the, the times where when we invest in a community or we invest in ourselves, when we uh, nurture or nourish one another, it's not always that we immediately feel full and nourished like Thanksgiving coming up. It's more like sometimes seeds are planted and some of them are quick, uh, will quickly grow into a maturing plants, uh, a maturing fruit like cherries or uh, cherry tomatoes, excuse me. But some will take a lot longer. And there's beauty in that patience. There's beauty in that um, recognition that not all things take one season to grow. And that's what's great about this congregation is that we do think about things that will grow season over season, season after season, sort of a very intentional garden of, of uh, expectation. But then also that there are things that we know take time, that we've been building for years, for decades in this life of the congregation here. And that's what I think is so beautiful about our upcoming um, sabbatical is that the themes of roots and nourishment and nurturing the community we want to become um, in this decade to come, uh, we'll have the time to do that. We'll have the time to really slow down and engage with one another as lay leaders um, so that as I, when I come back from sabbatical, we're able to really begin again in love and experience the new season uh, of, of seed planting and thinking about what's next. And of course, all this beautiful imagery around um, berries and nature and beautiful generational uh, relationships between um, that, that we experience today with Lynn and Nora um, and Ava, those are critical and not separate from what we do here. 
Don't be confused by um, story as being all just sort of pretend. There's something really true and powerful about what we experience today, both about that cultural and um, Native, Native American expression of wisdom, but also about how that relates to what we do here, passing generation after generation, the wisdom from our elders to our children, and also, I bet, a little bit from our children to our elders. When we engage intentionally with the earth or a community, beautiful things can happen. And so this morning, one of the things we're going to do to practice that is we're going to have a little, um, what's that called? Um, uh, appetizer. Or no, what's the thing called where you have the little thing? Uh, no, 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 it's like the little tiny thing. A, mou a mousse-bouche? A mousse-bouche? Where it's like just like a very small little taste of something to invite you into meditation. And so up here, and we're actually going to, I think instead of having everyone come up, I'm going to invite Adrian um, to help um, pass these through as I, as I continue to talk. Each of these little individually and safely containered um, berries will uh, will be a part of a little ritual, a little um, activity we're going to do. So don't eat them yet, but you can look at them. I think we should have enough for everyone. Um, and if not, you'll notice it on the right, you know, on the right side next time. Just kidding. I, I think we'll be good. And if there are, we do have, if anyone has a strawberry or a raspberry allergy, because those can be more common, we do have pure or pure, just blueberries. Um, and we, you can just let us know and we'll bring, um, bring you that as well. But what we're going to do is find a way to really intentionally be in, in um, aware of the beauty of the harvest. There's a wonderful writer who uh, and and a Buddhist monk who has uh, died in the past couple of years named Thich Nhat Hanh, and I've spoken to you about Thich Nhat Hanh in the past here. Um, a wonderful uh, person who spoke deeply about the compassion and suffering of the world and our opportunity to live with greater intention. One of the things he talked often about is being in the present moment and being very um, intentional with the mundane everyday tasks that are actually quite sacred and quite important um, to um, take seriously. And I think that can be uh, really powerful and connective for when we eat food. How many of you um, eat food on a typical day, right? We all kind of eat food. Thank you, Chris. We all typically eat every day. And so with that, because it's every day, it can get kind of um, second nature and not really a part of our human nature, um, our intentional nature of being present with um, the food that nourishes our lives. And I think we're going to make it. I think we'll see what happens. We have a couple extra up front if we run low. Anyone? We're doing oh good. We did it. All right. Can I have one? All right. So you can open up your container. Don't eat it yet. I know it's tempting. 
So I'm going to invite us to the, into this meditation. And I, I encourage you to um, look, use your eyes, use your nose. Um, they probably don't make a lot of noise. Um, you, can, you can feel free to pick it up, but just hold off on the tasting. And so I'm going to read some of these words um, uh, modified from Thich Nhat Hanh's teachings as you look and engage with this, and then we'll be able to eat. So this food is the gift of the whole universe, the earth, the sun, the sky, the stars, and the hard and loving work of numerous beings. May we eat with mindfulness and gratitude so as to enjoy every bite. May we transform our unwholesome mental formations, especially those that cause us harm as they indirectly harm all we touch. May we keep our compassion alive by eating in such a way that we reduce the suffering of living beings, preserve our precious planet, and reverse the process of global climate change. We accept this food so that we may realize the path of understanding and love. We accept this food so that we may realize the path of understanding and love. Whoa, that is good. When we're intentional, whew, when we're intentional with the foods we eat, the people we're in relationship with, the earth itself, beautiful things can happen. Nourishment, renewal, new energy emerging, and perhaps a little more clarity of who you are, what you value, and where you hope to go in this world. I hope this nourishment of one part of the harvest this fall brings you a little more clarity of who you are, of what you value, and where you hope to go in this life. May it be so. And amen.